All right, party people. <clears throat> if you hear me clearing my voice, I am recovering from a something. Who knows what I had? So if I'm a little hoarse and it sounds like I smoke six packs, uh, I didn't, at least not recently. Um, so I apologize in advance. Hey, listen, we are two weeks into the new year. And if you listen to this podcast when it comes out, there's a chance that I can get you into our live event in San Diego at the end of this month, January 27th and 28th, but no promises. So you've seen us on social media, you've seen us marketing, you've received our emails. If you don't know that we're having a live event, then I did not do my job. If you are interested in obtaining a guest pass, again, no guarantees that I can actually get you in, but if you are interested, if you are interested, send me a direct message on the Instagram at Justin Rabinowitz, and we will put you in touch with our team. And you must, you must, you must get on a phone call with our team to register for the event. Now, today's episode, today's episode, we are coming up on two full years of putting out the podcast weekly, and sometimes even more than that. And what I've realized is that we have so many new listeners, I can see because it grows every single week, that there are so many episodes that I want people to hear, and so many people that I want people to hear from. And so today, I have a throwback. Today, I have a throwback. Dr. Angela Francis, who is located in Rhode Island, she is someone who joined our program seven months, seven months before she ever opened a practice and she has since gone absolutely gangbusters, absolutely gangbusters, to the point that she was almost a victim of her own success. She grew so quickly that she needed to like chill out. And so this podcast episode should be an inspiration to all of you that either haven't started yet or have just gotten started. And specifically, one of the reasons I love hearing from Angie so much is because I love the fact that she's a female badass business owner. So many of you guys out there, we have so many females in our world and they want to hear from someone, you know, talks like them, you know, has the same issues, has the same, obviously, you know, uh, type of practice. And this was our top, one of our top five most listened to episodes of all time. So I hope you enjoy this throwback to hear Dr. Angela Francis and please enjoy. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the business school for the rehab chiropractor. Class is officially in session. My name is Justin Rabinowitz, and I am a rehab chiropractor on a mission to teach you, a fellow rehab chiropractor, the exact tools and systems I've used to build my own successful rehab chiropractic practice so you can do the same. I hope you enjoy, and please subscribe. All right, Angie, so we bring on guests on the podcast because it's one thing to hear from me, but I like to talk to people like you who have had success to share with others to let them know it's possible. So I got a message from you a few days ago, your first full month in business, and you're going to do over $10,000 of revenue. So first, congratulations. Thank you. Super. Uh, so talk to the audience through it. What happened? How'd you get there? You want me to start from the beginning or well, what I meant? back ourselves up a little bit. Yeah. No, no, I think, you know, so many people come in my three years into practice and they're not even doing what you did. And so um, we could start back at the beginning, but tell me, um, did you ever think it was possible to do that? Not at all. I mean, this is like unbelievable for me. And I mean, I'm very grateful. And I never, I mean, I projected these numbers maybe like, six months into it 
even though I had all the tools that you gave me, you know, but um, I think I underestimated myself and I just implemented everything. So, uh, so you mentioned the word underestimated and it's interesting because the more I learn about you, I don't know if you do underestimate yourself because one of the decisions that you made very early, which I find different, is that you joined our program seven months before you even had your practice. And um, I joke with people because I just, I literally got this question the other day. There was a guy I was on a, on the call with and he said, I don't have a practice yet. Do I think I should take a one? And I said, you just asked me the question equivalent to a patient coming to you and saying, my back pain isn't a 10 out of 10 yet. Should I still seek treatment? So what is it? bring the audience into like your mindset seven months back before you ever had a practice, you were working as an associate where you said, all right, before I get 10 out of 10 back pain, let me do something about it. Yeah. So I was an associate for, I wasn't even a year yet. And I kind of knew I was like, all right, this, I can't drive an hour for work anymore. This is what I want to do, but not entirely. Like I knew I wanted to give more to my patients and I was like, all right, I'm going to quit and wing it. <laughs> like I was like, every, I know other people have done it. Like, why can't I do it? So, you know, I was in the process about to give my notice. And then I was like trying to, I was looking at leases. I had a lease that was, it looked great, but also I was uneducated. Right. So it was a 1500 square foot place storefront. I needed full reno. And then it would have been 18, he got me down to 1800 a month. And I thought, oh, like that's probably good for my area. And then I didn't sign whatever they do before. They check your credit score and all that stuff. And I found you. And I was just listening to your podcast and it resonated with me. And I was like, oh my God, he has a free strategy call. Like, let me talk to him because I don't know what I'm doing right now. And so... We, we talked and I know you're the type that like, you don't want to give any answers, right? You want to make people think about their yeah. decisions. And, and just to be clear, it's not that I want to give you answers because it was a free call versus a paid call. It was more so because I did, I wanted you to come up with the answer yourself. Yeah. You wanted a higher level thinking. Yep. basically. You want us to walk through that. So you kind of were more upfront, like you need to look for other leases. <laughs> and I was like, okay, my gut feeling told me that, but like, I just needed to hear it from someone else that knew what they were doing. And so just like talking to you, I, I felt like I need someone for this. Who am I to just go into business? And, I, you know, we talked about it in some of the mastermind calls. It was more ignorance. Like I didn't know business. And before I even knew it, I hated it. <laughs> I didn't want to learn about it. I had no interest in it. Right. But then now that you know, I've learned so much. It like excites me more, like to the point where I'm like, maybe I want to build this up even more to like, just work the business side, you know? And, um, but yeah, so going back to it, you know, you help me make the best decision. You know, my overhead is less than 1800 now and I got even better space, no reno. And I, I didn't have to take out a personal loan. Excellent. And so go, let's dive deep, even deeper. So again, most people come to me usually when their business has already struggled or right when they're getting started, but going back even a step there, reaching out early on, um, I guess maybe someone else that was in the position of like, I'm not ready to open my business yet. Maybe I'll wait to learn how to run the business. What would you say to them? Oh, you have to do it before. Um, why? 
because you need to understand how to even open your doors. Uh, I didn't go in with a marketing plan. I remember you kind of almost laughed at me. Like you have no plans. It's like, no, I like, I thought you just wing it and you go talk to people. Not exactly. Like, obviously it's what you do is talk to people, but I didn't know how, like where to start. Um, and like you said, you just need patience in the door. Like who cares about everything else that there is gear and, you know, the fancy equipment, like that's not about that. And at first you get caught up and you're like, Ooh, like I get to decorate my own place. Don't get me wrong. I had fun. (laughs) But at the end of the day, it's not about that. You have to get people in the door. And as soon as you open, you know, like you have that person you can call like, Hey, I'm open. Come check out my place. Let's do a free discovery visit. Let's get you going. Good. So let's, let's, so we started the podcast saying first month fully in business 10 K, but obviously the, uh, the anatomy or the run up to get there. And so Talk us through, you know, it doesn't have to be detailed seven months, but how, how did that happen? Like what happened to do that? So it was April. I contacted you and I thought in my head, like, oh, August, September, I'm going to open. So that gave me time to do the Cairo Biz 101, which was great. Awesome. Seven months, you know, up seven months, uh, seven weeks. And I obviously joined the mastermind calls, but even it was funny because even after I did the, before I did the Cairo 101, I even told you I'm going to do the mastermind. Mm-hmm. It only makes sense. Mm-hmm. So just listening to those calls, like it honestly set me up so much like beforehand, like it was almost a no brainer as soon as I opened. And there was a lot of other decisions I needed to make along the way. And just hearing all these calls just sort of helped me and, you know, what to do, what not to do. Um, I know I had a little issue with my landlord. He was behind. And I remember asking the group like, Hey, or asking you, how do I handle this? And then we use it as an example in the mastermind call. Um, and just understanding how other people had their offices set up. It helped give you so many more ideas because, you know, I'm not just in a group of people just in Rhode Island where it's all over the country. So, and you know, we're all willing to help each other up so much because, you know, we all want to see each other succeed. And I think that's so awesome about all these calls. So, um, as far as, are there, were there any lessons, one to two lessons that you like were like eye openers to you early on before you're like, Oh wow, I definitely was going to do this and go down the wrong path. And I need to do, was it pricing? Was it marketing? Was it planning? Were there any things that you looked at? Like, Oh wow, I'm glad I'm here. So one, I was going to do insurance. Um, just because I didn't know any better. I didn't know that cash was even a possibility. I just thought, you know, I'll take insurance. I only want to see two people an hour. You know, it's going to end up being more of a pay cut, but I'll just, it's more, at least it all comes to me versus being an associateship. I don't know, like something along those lines. Um, And then, then it's almost during this process, I'm like, I can go cash, you know? Okay. I'm going to go cash. Then I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this price. And you were like, just bump it up to this. If they're going to pay this, you know, they can pay, they'll pay that. And I'm just like, Okay. And you get nervous at first, you know, taking cash and you're like, you don't think, but throughout the seven months I had, I learned sales so well that I've had a hundred percent conversion rate these last, this last month and a half. So talk through that. Cause I, I go back and I've done this a long time now. And I even think in my business that I'm currently doing when I get on zooms with docs and they give me an objection about how I'm able to handle it now and sort of walk them through it, not in a bad way, but in like a helping them understand. And so maybe talk to the audience through a couple examples of how you have gotten better. Maybe like uh, looking back of what would have happened before, what they may have said to you and how you've handled the objection 
like going forward so that that person becomes a patient? So if there was a money objection, um, just because I know the, the person I am, I probably would have been like, okay, I'll work with you. You know, I'll give you a lower rate. Don't tell anyone. Yep. Let's figure this out like along the way. Um, I think the biggest thing is I learned too, is the delivery and the confidence you have to have too. Like this is my set price. Mm-hmm. This is what you do if you pay in full. And then this is if you don't pay in full, we can do a payment plan. Um, I think that's, you know, the biggest takeaway I feel like I got from, especially the sales part. I might not be answering your question, right? No, 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 it's good. It's good. (laughs) Yeah. The confidence piece and the delivery. I mean, it's all about the delivery. And, um, if I didn't have that and getting all the examples I did from you and everyone else, I don't know how well I would have done knowing that I'll be like, okay, like I I'd get shy and I get awkward about my money situation and I'd give people a free pass or, you know, we figure out something else. But then at the end of the day, right. How am I going to make the money that I want to make and sustain yeah. a living? That's right. at the end of the day. That's what it comes down to is that I need to live. I need to eat. Yeah. And I think at the most basic level, what you said, people will resonate with on, you know, as soon as you'll get a, a money objection at all, it's like, oh, okay. Like I don't, you know, I can charge you less or I don't have to charge you at all. I just want to get you in the door. It's like, you know, the desperation. And, um, you know, I think what one of the things you're pointing out potentially like in the mastermind that's so valuable is you learn by hearing other people. So you've almost gone through it without having to go through it. And so the first time that you got a money objection, it wasn't actually the first time you heard a money objection. It's like, oh, I've heard this before. I can draw on that experience. Exactly. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not the one to speak up in the mastermind as much, but I learn from examples and just hearing everyone else. Like I absorb that. I write it down and I'm just like, I always look back at my notes and I'm just like, okay, like what would I do instantly in that situation? And then I wrote down like the key things that you guys would have done differently or would actually do there during that process. And I think one of the things that I've realized, which I'm sure you have as well is like people are people. They could be in Mississippi or Tennessee or California, and there are nuances, and I and I and I respect it. But um, the, it's the same things over and over and over again. And when you have a, surrounded by a group who's doing what you're doing, and they share their experience, like I think for me, like you, that's been the most valuable piece in my groups that I'm a, a member in. Is I've seen what happens. I've seen sort of where it can go off the rails. I've experienced it without having to experience it. And so you almost like crowdsource a little bit. It's like going around a case study. Like when you have a case study of a patient, you hear about this patient case, you might not have faced that yet, but when you do, it's like, all right, I remember hearing about this and seeing it. Yep, for sure. Um, Can I go back to, you you said two points. So that was the one thing. The second thing I want to talk about is having that niche um, I want to say that it almost, I was talking to Ashton about this. It almost makes it easier. No, it does make it easier. Sell a thousand percent. Um, and so what is your niche? So it's women's health, um, more specifically pre and postnatal. Um, I treat everyone right now because I'll have, you know, women, you know, like, oh, my husband and all that type of stuff. But when I tell you when one of my patients comes in and she's like, I had such a bad experience with my first pregnancy. And I show them that I have something that could be a solution for them. You know, something they didn't try either. 
Like that's, that's huge for them. Um, they want to avoid feeling that pain. When I had one of my patients, she didn't sleep and for like almost her nine months. And so she's like, and I don't want to say it's desperation, but it's like, if I can offer them something that's completely different and gives them a glimmer of hope of like, okay, this second pregnancy won't be like this. That's huge for them. And, you know, I do something specific where I do the Webster technique, which a lot of people do know, a lot of pregnant women do know about that. Um, but here's where I'm a little bit different. After the adjustments, you know, I take them in the room and I do, you know, rehab, depending if they're in pain, obviously we need to go more of a rehab route, you know, low impact at first, but then it's almost like I strength train with them for the last, for the rest of the hour. And no one in Rhode Island, at least that I know of right now, offers the combination of the two. So that's where I stand out. And that's where I want to get my name out even more. I'm in the process of doing that. And I have people driving 30 minutes uh, for me right now. For Rhode Islanders, that's huge because no one wants to drive more than 15 minutes in the small state. So that alone um, is big. And when you offer something different like that, it will attract the moms for sure. Moms stick together and they talk a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, the, this, I'm glad you brought this up. First of all, you know, one of the things we teach is the riches are in the niches. Specifically, if you're going to be in a, a rehab or cash model, um, we don't, we can't help everyone. We're not going to help everyone. We have to make sure that we always say we're the perfect solution for our perfect patient. But if we're going to double down on it, and you've heard me say this, if I gun to my head, if I had to pick a niche right now to invest in, in our world, it would be in women's health. Because to your point, why? What is important about a niche? Number one, is it painful? Not basically physically painful, but emotionally painful. And so like for a mom that going through pregnancy, um, there's nothing that's more dramatic than either her being in pain or her potentially not being able to kind of have the, the pregnancy she wants or delivery she wants or, or God forbid anything sort of beyond that. And so if someone can come in and, and be a solution to that, who understands their problems, who focuses on that, you know, it's massively valuable. And, and then to the, your point, moms stick together, whether it's Facebook groups or whether it's coffee or whether it's whatever the groups are, like moms talk. And even in our practice, if we have males that come in, still most of the time, it's like their wife referred them. And yeah. so, you know, well, we, we just realized many times that the, the moms or the women are sort of the ones that make those decisions in the household and going through this journey with that patient, right, um, is is so interesting because first of all, we're never going to run out of people because hopefully people still keep getting pregnant, having babies. So that's going to be a thing. Yeah. Right. And so, um, yeah, I, I just think it's such an amazing group, a niche to be in. So if there are uh, providers out there that have ever considered this going off on their own and wanted to do uh, any version of women's health pre postpartum, you know, a hundred thousand percent. Um, and I would say even more so now as the public is becoming more educated beyond just the basic, like I go to my OB, obviously we just had the baby in October. So we've been through all of this going to the OB and, and that's sort of your only point of contact as a, as a pregnant woman. It's like, hold on a sec, there's gotta be more out there. And so you're able to, to fulfill that, that niche. And just to give a personal example with you, Angie, um, getting my wife back into the gym, it's been an important part of her life forever and always. Yeah. And, um, the OB after the birth and very nice, she did a good job. She's like, all right, six weeks before you can go back to the gym. And then for me, it's like, is that true? Or is it just like the advice you give to everyone? And the, re the, yeah. the answer is it's just the advice you give to everyone. So 
just to give the audience an idea of something that, you know, you did to help me out is our gym does a great job. They wrote her an individualized program. But even before we did that, we went to you, who's an expert and understands the fitness and the medical side and said, all right, here are the things that I'd focus on. Here are the milestones that I would look to hit. Here's where I would start. And you sort of gave us the go ahead to allow Dell to go back into the gym, you know, three to four weeks after the baby, rather than the six that the, that the OB said. And so I think that there is such a group of, of people like you out there who, again, are in that rehab world that want to treat moms, that understand the medical side of it, but then also want to add, incorporate the fitness side of it. And I just think it's, it's, just, a, it's just a home run. Oh, I, I think any, anyone listening to this that had a thought, like maybe go into it. It's, it first off, it's rewarding too, you know, um, to help them get through their birthing process. It's amazing. And they really don't, a lot of moms have no idea. The OB does not give them enough information and that's no shade to OBs because, you know, we need them, but like the, the physical side of it, they just don't know. And don't get me wrong. I had to, I had to learn a lot before I had the confidence to even come and, you know, do this, but highly suggest anyone, if any, especially women, if you're thinking about getting into it, go the woman's health route. And there's more to it because I'm thinking of tapping into, you know, osteoporosis, right? Women getting, you know, postmenopausal. That's huge. And they just need to know they need to strength train. <laughs> Little TLC and strength training. And if I can do that for them in my office too, that's something I'm gonna I'm looking into as well and how to market that as well. Um I, we sort of touched on it before, but I'd like to sort of hear your take on more of an analysis for you less than a year out of school, ready to kind of go and, and open your own practice and find this spot and find this building and do your own thing. Um, there has to be a level of internal confidence or self-belief that you have. And, you know, and the reason why I'm asking and why I want to sort of push you on this a little bit, if you asked me, like where people struggle the most that I work with, it's usually this, right? Most of the time, if we can sort of convince them that they can actually do it and that they can charge the right price and they can do these things, the rest of it just becomes details of like what to do and tactical. Yeah. Inherently overcoming that piece of it as a provider, as a chiropractor, as a, as a business owner, even if you didn't know exactly what you were doing, there had to be something there that allowed you to go do it. Where, where do you, what do you think that is? Where does that come from? I mean, I'm the epitome of an emotional roller coaster when it came to this process. I'm like, I was gonna, I'm gonna do it. Why not? And then I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? And I still do it today, honestly. Um, the big thing that helps me you know, obviously I'm in a situation where I'm not married and I don't have kids. Anyone who's in my situation, if you're thinking about it, this is the time to do it. Honestly, absolutely the time to do it. Um, I do have a really great support system at home though. You know, knowing like, what if I run out of money in this process? Like I do have the support. And I think that kind of gave me like the peace of mind, like all else fails. You know, I have people to fall back on. Um, but that being said, the combination of the two, you know, what's going on in your life, it really, it helps give you the confidence. Like, why not? You have to, you have to leap. You have to jump. And just because you'll sit there and wonder, would have it, would have it worked if I did it then, you know, or, you know, your life happens and you're like, crap, 
I should have did it back then when it probably was going to be easier. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big step for me and the big realization. Like if I'm not happy, like I have to create my own happiness and this is the time to do it. And, you know, I'm thinking of my future self and my future family and I want to set myself up for success. And that kind of gave me the, all right, here we go. And now I just need the, t- I need someone to tell me what the heck to do. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, and that's what I found you. So. I think the, what you just walked through and again, some people never get here because they can't get above the just emotion of it all of, you know, everyone's situation is different. And some people might say, oh, well, that's her situation. Good for her. But that's not the point, right? The point is that you sort of, and I, and I do this with people all the time. You walk through it very objectively of like, okay, so if I do try this and it doesn't work, then what? Okay. Well, I have something to fall back on and I can go get a job and I have support and I have this and I have these things. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it now. It's going to be more scary later. And again, those are very logical things that when people hear them, they're like, oh yeah, it makes sense. The problem is so many people never get beyond just taking the leap to do it because they can't get to the next steps. I'll give you a great example. I'm sort of giving a little bit of inside baseball here. Um, I get on Zoom calls with prospective clients that want to take ChiroBiz 101. And the last two or three that I got on, and it's like, I'm not sure I can't do it now. It's, it's, it's expensive. I don't have the money to do it. And we get to the point where I say to them, listen, they, they, then they finally write, I have the money, but they're afraid of spending it. And, and what I say to them, I say, and I'm, again, I shouldn't be saying this, but this is what I say. I said, listen, if it comes down to it and you call me in three weeks because you literally cannot eat, you cannot eat, you're destitute, you cannot get food on the table, I will send you a check. I don't want you not to eat. That's not the point of this. I'm not trying to make you, but again, and when I get to that point with them, most of them are like, all right, like I'm going to be fine. I might not want to, it's a little uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. I need to do this. I want to do this. And if I don't do it now, some guy said, if I, if not now, when, right. And so whether it is starting the business, whether it is taking a course, whether it is a patient committing to care with whatever it is, it's the same sort of emotional decision-making where you had the ability to, yeah, understand there are emotions attached to it, but I can walk myself through and say, all right, like if that happens and what, and if that happens and what, and if that happens and what, another example, people laugh at me when I do this because they, they realize it's silly of like, what if I charge this and someone they, they can't afford it? I said, okay, so then what? Well, what do you mean then what? So if it's too expensive, then what happens next? Mm-hmm. Well, they say they can't do it. Okay. And then what do you say? You say, okay. And then what do they say? And then well, they leave the office and they said, then what happens next? And then they stop and they're like, nothing. And I said, okay. But right. But they didn't walk through that progression of it's, it's okay. Right. Most of the time we can't get there. Well, if you take my example, you know, I contacted you when I still had my full-time job. So like I had the money, like it's almost like, if you can take it from my, do what I did, yeah. do it early when you have the consistent cash flow coming in, be able to pay that. And then, so you're set up so that when you do leave your job, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still, I do still personal train part-time, yeah. you know, you have to be realistic. And you know, you taught us like, it doesn't mean you just drop your part-time, you yeah. know? Um, but I had, that's when I knew I had the money. I was like, okay, I can spend it now. Like, why wouldn't I do this early on? So that when it's time to open, I'm not naive. And then I'm calling like, oh, okay. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I'll take your course now. You know, and that's what I want to encourage people. Just be like, just be even- associate shit doesn't mean you, you don't do this until you're an owner. 
you, you keep dropping like lines and hints that I'm like, oh wait, but we got to go through this. You know, the 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 other idea, the personal training, sure, it's a it's an income stream coming in, but I, I kind of talk about this in terms of this is Angie Inc. Right? It doesn't matter if it's Dr. Angie, trainer Angie, Angie in the community. Like you're doing training in a in a community, you're getting in front of people, you're meeting people, you're delivering a service, and so even if they weren't paying you to do it, you probably still should do that. But again, these are now I would long-term, and I know you know this, like we don't want to be training people from now on. If we just love doing it, great. And if it's a lead generator first, then we should. But at some point we don't want to need to rely on it. But in the short term, right, from a business perspective, if it is something that just naturally gets us in front of people, it's obviously it's a core audience of the same type of person. If it creates social media content, you know, these are all sort of in the business of building Angie Inc. And so I think either way, whether it is just an income stream or not, it's it's another hint here on how we can go about doing something like this. Yeah. And uh, some of my clients, they've already referred people that they, I constantly talk about my business model to my clients, right? Oh, I know this person. So I've already gotten someone from them and you know, that client's worth over, that patient's worth over two grand. No, let alone. (laughs) That's my networking. That's part of my networking right now. And you know, like you said, you just, at one point, you know, I'm going to reassess in 2023, like, okay, where am I at monthly? When is it time to put all my focus on my business? So it's, you know, I optimize that. So, so let me, let me push you on another topic. Cause again, you've mentioned this to me and people are listening to this. People listening to this will be shocked that you, like I are highly, 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 highly introverted. Very. Very introverted. And I am too, which people hear me talk on this and I just talk, 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 talk. But like once I'm done with this, I'm going to go sit in the corner for like 12 hours and not do anything. (laughs) Um, But again, some people wouldn't take the leap, wouldn't be able to network or say they couldn't do it because they're introverted. And either, I guess, I'm interested on your perspective. Have you A, realized you're not as introverted as you thought? B, realized, gotten out of your comfort zone? Three, when you talk about things you want to talk, like, tell me, get, walk through that. Because again, I promise you there are people out there that are saying, I don't know if I could open my own business because I have to go network and I'm just too introverted. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> introverted. So one-on-one with people, like, you know, we're talking like this, this is normal me. Um, so the mastermind, right. <laughs> when we were doing in person, like meeting new people freaks me the heck out and it's exhausting. And like I told you, I was like, Hey, like everyone's going out, but I need to go lay in my hotel room by myself <laughs> and like recharge. Um, so that can be hard for people, but what it is, it's like, you need to get out of your comfort zone. At the end of the day, it's like you sit there and you have a pep talk with yourself and you're like, okay, suck it up. Just go do it. Like it's only going to be X amount of time of your life and it's going to be worth it. And you constantly have to kind of pep talk yourself like, okay, it's almost done. The day's almost done. Go do it. You got this. It's fine. Like, you know, it's, you just got to have the confidence. You have to get out of your comfort zone. Um, I'm still an introvert. (laughs) I like to have my alone time. Uh, But, you know, it just, it's, it's all about getting out of your comfort zone at the end of the day. And 
for people that um, want more information, there's a book and you might find it interesting. It's called Quiet. I have it on my bookshelf right now. Quiet um, by Susan Cain. And it was basically a book about introverts. And and I, what I gathered from that book was a few things. Number one, um, and I, I think for all of us, we're in this kind of journey of self-exploration about what it means. And mm-hmm. most of us would say, oh, I'm introverted. That means I'm shy or that means I'm, but it actually isn't that. The easiest example that I thought she talked about of what an introvert is, is essentially how do you recharge? There are certain people that recharge by going to happy hour and going to the bar and doing the thing. And it's like, I couldn't be, I, I would, it dreadful for me. Right. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that I can't be social and interact and, and, and get in front of people and and go with audiences. Um, it's just that it, it, in order for me to sort of recharge myself, I need to be in that situation. By the way, after same thing that you did after those masterminds day one, it was like, how quick can I get out of there, go home and just sit there. And then the day after even, even more like for a day and a half, I just couldn't be, I couldn't be, I couldn't talk to anyone. Yeah. And so, um, that doesn't mean you have to be shy. It doesn't mean that you hate people. It doesn't mean any of those things. And what they, what they actually, what I find is interesting. So like when I'm speaking about something I'm interested in, I'm going to talk a lot, but which is why I never, since the day I've been, you know, able to go out and bar, I hate going to the bar because nobody talks about anything important that that's interesting. And so it's just, I, it's irrelevant to me, but if I get in a room with business owners, I'm, I love it. And I'll be the most talkative guy there because it's something that I'm interested in. Yeah. And that's what I mean by the confidence. It's like knowing the topic that you're a pro at, right. And that you know so much about that's when it's easy to just like, all right, I can go do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it, like you said, you're in that other social situation where like, Oh crap, I'm not talking about business. Uh, okay. I just need some time to myself. <laughs> you know? Very cool. Excellent. And so First month down, we're going to have a good month. We'll probably have some slower months and all of that. It's, it's part of the deal. But, but obviously now you sort of have a, an idea of, of what could be possible. So what's next? I already want to raise my prices. <laughs> it got me so excited. Um, I might hold off on that though. But within, I mean, I'm just happy I can pay my bills for the next couple of months. That was more like, God forbid, you know, Christmas season, you know, if people get weird about it, money, like spending money, um, I'm able to pay my bills. And that's first and foremost. That's what I always said from the get go. I just want to pay my bills. I never thought I would hit over 10K my first month. But then again, I've been listening to you guys for so long that I should have, <laughs> you know, and it just encourages me even more to get out there and just get my name out there. Um, social media power social media. Uh, it's my age group, 30 year old, all 30 year old women, they're getting pregnant, put out more content and, you know, get a habit of doing that. Um, get a habit of reaching out to people and it just drives you more. Have you been getting people to like, have you been getting awareness or patients or people reaching out because of your social media? Oh yeah. It's, I never thought, honestly, half my people right now are from really just Instagram alone. What's your, and, I will do it at the end, but what's the handle so people can go follow you? At drang underscore synergy Cairo. Got it. Okay. And so, um, and so let's talk, I guess, a little bit through that. Did you, when you started posting, did you have a, a strategy? Like, like give us our, give our audience some of this because I've been, I've been skeptical for a long time with social. 
not not skeptical, just that people, I think people used it, thought it would be the panacea. It's like, what'd you do for marketing? It's like, I posted on, on TikTok today and it's like, ah, I don't know, right? Yeah. I'm, as Kaylee has come on who you've met and as I've seen it help our business internally when it's actually done well, um, different than just doing it. But I guess, again, talk to our audience about your experience. You know, what have you found? Do you have a strategy? What do you find works? Because I think people will find tactically this is helpful. So based on my, you have to look at my niche as well, right? So it's my age group of women a lot of the time. And I had to keep that in mind. So I remember when we did the marketing Monday, I was like, all right, I'm about to launch a social media. And I think I, obviously we all look at Jeremy. He's like... (laughs) the one, you know, with social media and his suggestion was, you know, create your own business account. You know, some people started with their own and you told me launch personal as well, which makes sense. Cause I'm like, well, I need to get all these women to see like what I'm doing. So, you know, made my business account, but just kept putting my stories up on my personal, uh, made sure everything was public. And from there, you know, I've gotten, I got a number of messages like, Hey, like, they're just very, they were very intrigued and they're, it made them think, right. They're like, and then when I, they messaged me, I'm like, Oh, you're just not my patient yet. You know, like that's how I would look at them. Like, okay, cool. Like, how do you decide what to post? Um, so obviously we, I listen to what patients say. So not, but again, not obvious, right? This is, we've, we've taught this and now it seems obvious, but not everyone knows. So go through that of like, I listen to what patients say. What does that mean? Yeah. I mean, you just look for those buzzwords. Um, for example, I mean, for example, you text me about Dell and I was like, Oh my God, that's a thread right there that I can post about like why. And, and like, it, it comes to you at first when you make your social media, you're a little bit nervous. You're like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, and you're starting to think of stuff and then you make it harder than what it has to be. And then we just listen to people talk. You're like, Oh, okay. There it is. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of one of them. It's just like so. So let's go through the thread, and people could probably find it on your social, right? So what was the problem? So Justin texts Angie that his wife wants to get back to working out. The problem that I face or she faces, the OB says six weeks. And in our world, it's like, well, she feels okay, mm-hmm. but the OB said six weeks, so it's always sort of in the back of your head, like, oh, we don't want to ruin this thing, and she feels good, but maybe it is six weeks. And so the problem is, like, now it's like, what do we do? We're stuck. What do we do? Mm-hmm. And so when you, you, so you gave some context on, like, here's where we start. Here's what you should look out for. And then at this point, this is when we incorporate the next step. Now it's like, huh, okay, this is interesting. And so what did that become? That became a, an Instagram. And, and what we what we know is that if we have that problem, everyone else does. Everyone else does, or they didn't even realize it. Now, the difference between sort of me and someone else that I've realized just because of the industry we're in is like, I'm going to question it. And I was like, do we really have to wait six weeks? And so at least I could ask the question and have someone like you, I could kind of bounce it off of. Now, for most people, Most people, number one, they wouldn't even question it, right? And so you putting that up on social media might give a mom who had the same experience as Dell, she's worked out, she feels great, and she's just going to sit in her house for six weeks. She might say, huh, wait, maybe I don't have to, right? But I still don't know what to do, which is where we fell into. We didn't really know what, we knew it wasn't, we didn't know it might not be true, but we didn't know what to do next. 
Mm-hmm. And so that was where that came in. And, and you're right. That's a, that's a, becomes a, a post. Yeah. 100%. Um, so you mentioned some other things that you might want to like pre and postpartum and you mentioned osteoporosis, but women's health. Um, what are some of these uh, crazy ideas that you have had that you might want to explore? Um, definitely the postmenopausal. I do have an older, uh, female woman. Um, she, she's in her seventies and she like, you look at that generation and they don't lift. And I'm just like, like imagine, and I, you know, I have, um, a DO that I go to, you know, very pro chiropractic. Um, and I know I can reach out to her and let her know, like, this is what I do. And this is how I can educate these women, you know, that might have, um, osteoporosis, like severe osteopenia. I was thinking about that. Um, I was thinking about dabbling in young athletes because I do train them, you know, and just the importance of strength training. Um, I'm trying I'll, to see how I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one. Uh, Allison Feld, who we both know, what she's looking into is figuring out how to partner with doulas. Oh, I'm already contacting doulas. So that's kind of, that's part of it. I have to talk to doulas. Um, Not only talk to them, but potentially figure out how to work with them, right? So again, imagine Dell's situation where you work with the doula. And so we, you know, we started talking to the doula, you know, eight weeks prior to birth. And she gave us, she helped us figure out a birth plan again. I don't know birth plan, all these things before. And again, she walked with us through and then she sort of threw it in of like, Hey, and I also help after the birth if you're interested. And we're like, yeah, we are. So we're doing that. But now imagine if Dell didn't have a gym to go to, right? But now all of a sudden it's like, all right, we've got the pre with you're involved. We got the birth and then the doula can help after, but so can Angie work and do the rehab and get them back. Right. Which, you know, and again, Dell had a very a very knock on a great pregnancy and a great birth, but not everyone's so lucky. That's very true. And so there, there's so many opportunities and avenues there. Um, so for people out there, um, I know we, we talked about a lot of different things and you gave some really good advice, but what is something that I didn't ask you that I should have? Today? Uh-huh. <laughs> or any other time no, today today um great question <laughs> um why why what why did i choose you to be my coach why did you choose it just everything you you made me realize that I can have my dream practice that, you know, you don't, you never think like you, it's almost like I was settling before. Um, I was like, okay, like I'll do this. Like I'll make it work somehow. It might not be everything I thought I could do, but all right. Like I'll make a good living and it's still like, you know, paid all that money for student loans. Like, um, you made me believe that I can actually go to work happy every day and not look at his work. And I can do exactly what I wanted to do with these patients, how to better their lives and actually make money. Yeah. Make (laughs) a living doing it. I never thought, and now I have 
bigger numbers in my head that I didn't really think that I was going to, I told you like what my goal was 20 K when yeah. I was. now I think I'm shooting for more. You for know? sure you are. Um, and you know, I just made my dream come true and it's amazing. I think also, well, I appreciate you saying that. And I think what you have in your future beyond just the money, because you're going to make the money that you want. And what I'm going to tell you is you're going to get to 20, 30, 50 grand a month and you're going to not, it's good and it's going to, you're going to feel good, but it's not going to be like, it's not going to be this panacea, which again, I know you know, but what I think you're going to be able to do is not only you're going to build a community with not only the people on your team that are going to feel the same level of impact that you are currently feeling to these people that they're going to come in and see these moms that they're going to want to be a part of it. And I think beyond that, you could probably, I think you definitely can be a, an inspiration to other Kairos coming out that want to do and had the same feelings that you did. And probably some of them are going to work for you at some point. And for you to be one of those type of people that um, from a, like you say, from a very quiet leadership place, that's going to help to lead this thing forward. There are, there are a lot of female chiros out there that do run, you know, uh, pro, pre and postpartum and, and pediatric practices. But for the most part, they're sort of traditional practice, nothing wrong with it, traditional chiro practices that run in a certain way. And I think to my knowledge, there are people doing what you're doing, but not many. But I think where you where you're gonna go, similar to where I went, was how to how do I take all the things that I'd love to do clinically and now be able to build a really good business around it and then show people what's possible. Because if I showed you what's possible, you're about to do the same thing for a lot of other people that didn't think it was possible. Hundred percent. Not only was I going into this thinking I want to create a village for these women you know, having the support through their pregnancy, you know, now we're with pelvic floor therapists and everything too. Right. But also, you know, it's making me look further and I'm like, what if I even built an actual facility that has all of this? This is real. this might be far. It could be close. I don't know yet. You know, I'm trying to take it month by month. You know, you say you're, you don't like to plan out those goals too far along, you know, you have to get through the short ones and the habits first. But I think like, what if I brought chiropractic, I brought in personal trainers, I brought in pelvic floor therapists and just this community doulas. Um, so that's like a one-stop shop in a way. Yeah. That moms feel like you have to go here, you know, all yeah. down, like you have to go here. They, they'll guide you. They'll give you the best birthing experience pre and post and, um, it's definitely a thought now in yeah. my head that I never would think that in a million years I would do, but Hey, I'm kind of excited. I'm actually ex- more excited about this journey now that it's, it's going. Good. So. It should be right. I, 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 every year for my team, I write an annual letter this year. It's eight pages that I sort of write a letter to review the year and sort of one of the bullet points that I made this year of lessons that I learned was that the ROI on just liking what you're doing is, is it, it matter Cause you know, today we're recording this on a Sunday at 1130 or 1145 and, Oh, it's a Sunday working, whatever. It's like, I want to do this. Like this isn't, I want to be here. Like I want to do this. It's, it's, it's where I want to be. And so like, it doesn't, 
feel like work. Uh, there are things like you said before that you have to go through and are uncomfortable. But if you're doing something that you're liking doing, then um, then you should continue to do and do more of it. And again, you own the business. So if there is things that you don't like to do or the business isn't running the way that you want, you have the ability to change it. 100%. Yep. All right. So this was fantastic. Angie, tell uh, our audience where they can find you. So um, Instagram handle D-R-A-N-G-I-E underscore Synergy Cairo. Mm -hmm. And then um, my website, SynergyChiropracticRI.com. And yeah, email on there, all that. I um I know that when you started with me, I put you in touch with one of my friends, uh, Allison out in Seattle, who you had a conversation with. And I have a feeling that after this, you might get people that are either in Cairo school or graduated and hear what you're doing and want to do it. And so I don't want to blow up your your spot here, but if you if you guys are out there and have any questions, um, obviously I think Angie would be more than happy to talk to you. about your journey and and what's going on. And if she can be a source of inspiration, you know, again, it's one month, but shit, your first month was triple what mine was, quadruple what mine was back in the day. I never saw myself a year ago. A year ago, I didn't even know I was going to open a place. And so I just, I want to help as many, because you you leave Cairo school and you're a little confused, like, oh my God, wait, I thought this was going to be a little different. And I want people students to know like, no, no, you can do this, you know, but you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to get motivation. Almost like Joe Rogan. What do you say? Um, stay caffeinated. What is it? Stay motivated, stay caffeinated, something like that. But like you have to, you can do it. You a hundred percent can do it. And I just want to inspire people. Like, even though you're shy, even though you don't want to get out of comfort zone, it's possible. Good. I love it. Angie, you're a rock star. I'm I'm so excited to see what you do in the future. Uh, I appreciate you being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you for free. One, grab a copy of my free guide, The Rehab Chiropractor's Checklist. You can get that at go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. That's go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. Two, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram at Justin Rabinowitz, where I post business content. Three, subscribe to my weekly newsletter by sending me an email at coaching at strive to move.com. And four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more influential people and bring those lessons back to you. 